all, why does God use us? Why did God choose to use us? It's beyond, it's beyond us. But the thing is, as I look over at all the faces out there, each one of you has had a part in this ministry for many, many years. I mean, uh, you know, Todd and I had breakfast. Um, I mean, I can't go through all, everybody, but I'm, I just happened to see Todd. But, I mean, you know, the prayers, we just, we just can't thank you enough um, and, you know, and last, last week we talked about, uh, yeah, I will in a minute. Thanks. Um, you know, last week we talked about how the, the, the job of the church is to prepare people for ministry. And we, we have, have received a solid biblical preparation for ministry. And, and this church has, has, has done that. You've done, done the job. And, you know, not only has Crossing supporters personally and through prayer, but we've lived on the campus. We, you know, the missionary department's been a great thing. Um, and then recently, in the past couple of years, the church decided to give us a, a monthly amount so that we can support national workers in Haiti. And that's helped us with their transition that we're going through right now to national leadership in Haiti. And, um, you know, it really won't be until we get to heaven that we fully see all the results of the sacrifices, the prayers, and, and the giving, and the love that this church has not only showered on us, but on the Haitian people. And so we just really, really thank you for that. We just can't thank you enough for that. Carol's just going to take a few minutes to give a little update on the, on the family and stuff. Okay, well, we're, um, so you're going to be hearing about Richard's new uh, position, and that brings us to resettle here in Pennsylvania. But our kids are still scattered around, and as they say to me, they're like, well, what do you expect? You raised us this way, you know, <laughs> so, um, so none of them are um, living around here. Um, but and we can't believe that Ricky is now 21. A lot of you remember him when he was, you know, a toddler before we left for Haiti the first time. But um, so Ricky's in Miami and Joy is in Geneva, Switzerland, and Grace is temporarily in Ohio. And <laughs> um, so, and I think I'm supposed to talk about school a little bit. And um, just to mention a few words before we talk about the main ministry of the the sports ministry. I've been teaching in a Christian school uh, for the past nine years. Most of you know that. And um, I think it's funny because Tim's up here making it sound like, you know, something else other than what it feels like on a day-to-day basis. Like a lot of all of our lives, you know, you do the mundane things most of the time, but all of you are making a difference in people's lives. I know. And um, so in my teaching, you know, a lot of it could seem very mundane, but then there were moments like in uh, I had a small group of high school girls that I would meet with weekly. And so at times there are those things that are um, the, you know, you can see something happening, somebody's life changing. But a lot of the time is it's just these kids are in a Christian school. They're getting, uh, you know, from the whole, uh, the whole of that experience, they're getting something that um, will spill out into other people's lives in the future, other Haitians. And um, so I mostly taught French and English and sometimes some other subjects. And I think you have the funny slide, right? 
And I like to uh, dress up for things and do... That's why I fit in well at Crossing, because I like to uh, dress up and things like that every spirit week and this and that. Um, but, you know, it's mainly Richard puts that because I always try to remind him how I'm practically perfect in every way. And... <laughs> And for him, I think that, you know, this Tim had it right. This is very true. <laughs> Tim pretty much had it right when he said the thing about, for describing Richard, that, you know, the never slowing down part. That pretty much. Uh, <laughs> the, the only thing is I figured out, I think you have to blindfold him, lead him to a piano, sit him down to play, and that's when he slows down. <laughs> but, you know, I, I also want to thank you for your support, and Richard will explain more about our situation and how we're, you know, we're now here for a while and, uh, you know, glad to be back at Crossing. Thank you. By the way, um, Michael Marino, one of our dear friends uh, and former elder, I think, um, sends his greetings. He called me yesterday for my birthday from North Carolina, and uh, we had a little chat. Everybody's doing fine. Um, he says he's been hibernating, but he's uh, coming out of hibernation a little bit. And uh, he just, he, he actually cried over the phone when he talked about his love for the people here at Crossing and how much he misses you guys. And the good news is he's actually coming to see us on somewhere around, I think it's October 18th, that Sunday. So... He hopes to be here and give everybody a big hug. So I just thought I'd throw that in since he called me yesterday. So um, I'm now officially with Ambassadors Football, even though I've been working with them for the past, since 2006. And we're going to talk about football, which is the, not Eagles football, okay, but the worldwide name for soccer is football. And that's how we, we attract the children into our program. And uh, this is our coach, um, Roshnell. He's uh, a, a wonderful Christian evangelist, and he loves the Lord. He's also a, 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 a soccer official. He officiates at the highest level in Haiti, the first division. And right now, he oversees about 100 teams that we have. About 300, each team has an administrator, coach, and a chaplain, and uh, we have about 1,800 players involved in our program. And it's all over Haiti. There's 10 states or departments in Haiti. We're in about seven of them, and we're just praying that we'll be able to be present in each department and that the ministry will continue to grow. And each, each week we do... Um, Bible studies with the kids uh, we have, after we have practice, and uh, we have a faith-based uh, program. Uh, one of the things that maybe I haven't folk, uh, mentioned is that in the, during the uh, time that we've been there, we've probably distributed over 100,000 pieces of literature in the 15 years that we've been there. We have a partnership with an organization that distributes uh, Christian literature in, in, the, in Creole. And so we use their literature and, we've, we, um, and their Bible studies. And um, then we also, the future is, um, is in goats. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is our Give a Kid a Kid program. 
Uh, basically, um, what we do is we, we've trained our leaders and players how to raise goats, and, uh, and then we give them a goat to uh, raise, and they, they give back three goats uh, to the program, and that's how we keep the program going. And then the goat belongs to them. It usually takes about two years. And this past uh, uh, winter, we did a uh, census of the goats. And um, yeah, we didn't, God didn't punish us for taking a census, but like he did in, in Exodus. But anyway, um, we actually have distributed 245 goats. Uh, 187 have been born. That means we have about 432 goats out there, and uh, 98 have been given back. And so we've already got reports that several children, several of our players have been able to pay for the schooling by selling goats. And uh, so the, the program seems to be working. We pray that you'll continue to uh, support us in this. And uh, it's... Uh, these are the leaders that are in charge of it. Um, Chantal is the young lady with the, in the green picture. She's, uh, uh, she's the administrator of the program, and uh, she's doing a great job. And then Nesli is, is a volunteer who has just been wonderful over the years. And uh, he, he actually wants to be a judge. He, he wants, he, he's, he's finished his law degree. He has to write his um, thesis. And, uh, but he has just been a wonderful administrator. He has the gift of administration. And then this is Dr. Kelly Crowdis. Uh, she's the veterinarian that helps us. And so it's been a great, it's been a great blessing, this program. And uh, I want to tell you a little bit about Lucas Henri Luce. He's a young man who started uh, with us back in 2002 when we first went to Haiti. He was on the Lemuel soccer team that I started to work with back then. And uh, he was only 12, 13 years old when, when he started. And um, uh, he was actually came to know the Lord through, through the program. And uh, he's grown in the Lord so, so much. And uh, he... Uh, he went through high school, and then after high school, he, uh, we got back in touch with him because, you know, we were away for a few years in there, and we, uh, we helped him learn, I helped him learn how to drive. He actually wrecked my car a little bit, but <laughs> it, it, was, it was worth the dent. And then um, uh, the other thing, back in 2006 when we came back, he... Um, he, he, I got him involved in the cyber cafe, so he learned to use computers. And so um, now he has all the skills to be the administrator of the entire program. He's the administrator of the soccer program and the GOAT program. And um, so just pray for him because, um, you know, hopefully he will be the one to take over the program in, in the future. So you can pray for Lucas. He, he really... Um, does love the Lord. He loves kids, and uh, he's just a wonderful young man. We really appreciate him. And uh, now I want to tell you a little story about a, a guy named Boxley Boggs. How's that for a name, right? <laughs> Boxley Boggs was, uh, he was a, a, a carpet salesman, and he was, 
working in a store in, in, in uh, Kentucky, and the owner said, I'm going to start another store in Florida. How'd you like to take over the whole business? And he was excited about this. They had just built a house, had two young children. And uh, so, uh, but he was a, a strong Christian going to a strong church. And at that time, actually, the church asked him if he would um, take over the bookstore. This church used to have a bookstore. And uh, so they, uh, they asked him if he would take, take over the bookstore. But, of course, that would be a big cut in salary. And, you know, he had a mortgage, children, so forth and so on. But he went to a, um, to a talk by a guy named Don Adams. Do you know who Don Adams is? He's a, he's, he was a world team missionary to Haiti. And... Um, a lot of people know world team, right? <laughs> anyway, so Don Adams spoke, and God convicted Boxley of for, for missions, and called him. and And so he went home that night, and he prayed about it with his wife. As again, they had just built this house. The wife had designed the house; it was beautiful, and um, they started to pray about this. And then another friend came over and um, talked to him, and jokingly, he used this verse. Um, so be careful how you joke. But he said, 2 Timothy 4.10, For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. And, the, and, and God used that verse to convict Boxley and Joyce that they, they should not desert what God was calling them to do, that they should follow the Lord. They, and so he took the job. He quit the job at the carpet company, took the job in the bookstore, and it turned out that that was preparing him to go to Haiti because he became the manager of the bookstore in Haiti and was there for many years. And that's his son, John Boggs. And John Boggs grew up in Haiti from eight until 18 years old, he joined Ambassadors 25 years ago, and he was a missionary in England for about 10 years, and then he came back to the U.S. and was director of the summer camp program, and um, so now, just this year, after not living in Haiti for 30 years, the director of Ambassadors Football asked him to take my place in Haiti. So imagine, you speak the language... You grew up in Haiti, but you haven't been there for 30 years. So it's like a big change. And, of course, now he's married and has two boys. He married a woman from England. And so, um, but God has miraculously provided for him, um, thanks to the wonders of, of the Internet and, um, and, and God using that, he was able to raise, like, $8,000 so, so he could buy our car from us um, on one of those, you know, go fund it or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, the, God's just been doing miracles like that one after another because basically in six months he was able to raise the money he needed to get to Haiti. And, and anybody, it took us three years to raise the money to get to Haiti. So. <laughs>
But um, that's John and Kathy. So, um, so we're really thrilled that they're there. And one of the things that they're working on is the uh, Center of Hope. And the Center of Hope is, is basically a project to build a soccer field out of um, artificial turf. Um, and basically, what the, the idea is that we'll build this field, we'll rent it out to uh, businesses, we'll have summer camps there, and we'll do um, soccer after-school soccer programs for the middle class that can, that can pay for it. And then we'll use the money from that to fund the programs, uh, the outreaches that we have, and also to hopefully build other ones. And so right now, we're looking at a couple places for this. One of the places is pretty exciting. Um, uh, just, let's see, it's, it's hard to uh, pick a, okay, so let's, let's just say that there was a, actually there is, there is a pretty big field in front of the Independence Hall. How many people have ever been to Independence Hall in Philadelphia, right? You know, there's kind of a big field in front of it, big open space. Well, imagine that you could build a small soccer field right there. How many thousands of people would see that soccer field, right? That would kind of be pretty cool, right? Well, there's actually a, a fort in Haiti um, that's a national landmark, and we've been offered a place right next to it, literally. You have to pass it to go into the fort. And so there's a possibility that we might be able to build a soccer field there. So just imagine, you know, how many people would see that and, uh, and possibly what a great tool that could be. So we're praying about that. We've been offered that, that land. So that's the Center of Hope. And this year marks the 25th anniversary of Ambassadors Football. And... Um, the director, the founder and director, John Ortlip, grew up in Haiti as a missionary kid, played soccer in Haiti. And um, he has, um, as part of the you know, 25th anniversary, he has been considering changes in the organization. And so one of the big change, he's going to announce that this uh, leadership meeting we're having starting October 1st, about a week. Um, we're going to meet together with the leaders from 25 countries. And basically, he's divided the world up into four areas, uh, Africa, Asia, Europe, and Latin America. And he's put um, seasoned leaders over each of those. And uh, he's chosen me as an outsider, actually, because you know, all these other guys have been in uh, ambassadors football for years. But he wanted a fresh approach. <laughs> and so he chose me as one of them. And uh, so I'll be traveling to countries like Brazil. This is our leader in Brazil, uh, Valmir. And uh, the interesting thing about Valmir is a few years ago, I don't know if you remember this, but John Ortlip liked what we were doing so much in Haiti that he brought a number of leaders down to Haiti to see what we were doing and, and also to learn from our mistakes. <laughs> And so Valmir came, and he was one of the, the guys who came down. And so I've already, already got a pretty good relationship with him, but I'll be working with him. And as you can imagine, the work in Brazil is growing really, really rapidly. 
and there's a lot of challenges. So that's one of them. They've already helped to start the ministry in Chile with David Dwyer. David Dwyer is a very interesting character. He was a top executive at um, Microsoft and uh, retired and went down to Chile and started doing this work in Chile. And um, he's the guy that actually designed the new logo, <laughs> this logo. <laughs> so um, anyway, he's got a great ministry down there. And then this young man, Phil Cabildo, is uh, doing a great job in Mexico. He's in Puebla. And uh, he's doing a great job, he and his wife. And so we'll be working with them. And as we've said, there are many challenges in ministry. In Peru, we had a great young man who started the ministry down there, um, ran into some uh, personal problems, and had to leave. And so now we have 60 churches in Peru that are begging us for training, and we have nobody down there. So, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but... The workers are few, so really need prayer for that. Um, we have a similar situation in Guatemala. And so, um, it's hard to, it's really hard to explain how many times we've seen your gifts work in the hearts of people. Um, if you read, uh, 2 Corinthians 9, you'll see that over and over it says your expressions, your generosity is having an impact, overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. And um, many of the, when you're involved in a ministry, you don't know what God's going to do. You don't, like some of the most profound times we've ministered to people, have had nothing to do with soccer, you know. And um, after the earthquake, you know, we, we were able to minister to many people. And um, there's this um, song, I can't think of like Clayton Dixon um, going around now. Um, you have been my God through all of it. You guys heard that song on the radio? And, and that's what it, you know, I've known joy, we've known regret, but you've been my God through all of it. And that, that's kind of our testimony. That's our testimony. Um, many of you have heard our story about Francoise, how we helped her after the earthquake and her three children. Um, and now she's, um, you know, once again, it's school time, so she needs to pay for her schooling for her kids. The, her, she makes little beads. And, you know, we've been able to help her with that, selling those. Um, and then God is still opening up opportunities for us. Um, just yesterday, we moved it, We just moved into this new place in Ben Salem. Um, this little girl runs downstairs from the apartment upstairs, never met him. She says, um, Daddy's hurting Mommy. And so... Um, Carol, uh, we were both together, and we didn't know. And, but we decided better to call the police because we don't know these people. So we called the police, and um, they came, and it was not a good situation. But um, the point is, 
is that you never know when God's going to use you. And we were able to stay with the little girl. We were able to pray with the family. We have neighbors who are Christians. We were able to pray with them. Um, and we just feel like God has planted us in this new neighborhood for his purposes. And that's happened over and over again in Haiti, over and over again. And so we just um, covet your prayers. We cover your prayers. We love you guys. We can't tell you how much your friendship means to us, how much um, this body of believers means to us. Um, when we look back on our lives, we've, we, um, we just celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary in April. And so we, we saw that the first 15 years of our lives were here, in, of our marriage were here at Crossing. You know? And then the second 15 were basically in Haiti. And we don't know what the next 15 are going to hold. But we're sure glad that we're going to be here with you guys and that we can do it together and we can serve God wholeheartedly. We love you guys. So... Let's just take a moment to pray. Um, I also wanted to put in a plug for the uh, reading program. Um, I love those books. I read them all the time. And uh, those missionaries are my heroes. And uh, encourage you to read, to read them too, <laughs> even as adults. Uh, because we are what we think about. We are what we think about. So let's just pray as we close.